What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Digging Deeper. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. Every week, we analyze an unsolved mystery. We look at the facts and analyze them together. The purpose is to try to understand why the case still remains unsolved and try to draw out our own conclusions. Before we get started, I just wanted to shout out our sponsors for this week, Coca-Cola and Bell. Big thanks to both companies. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. Now, time to dig deeper. Today's topic, the biggest art heist in the world. Buckle up, folks. Let's begin. Some of you may know, 25 years ago, the biggest art heist in the world occurred at the Gardner Museum in Boston. I remember hearing about this case a few years ago and becoming instantly interested. So, let's dig in. On March 18th in 1990, at 1.24am, two men disguised as policemen demanded to be buzzed in by the night guard at the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum in Boston. What they told the guard is unknown, but they convinced him of their identities enough as the guard welcomely buzzed them in. Once the two men entered the museum, they ordered the guard to step away from the emergency buzzer, his only connection to the outside world. The two men grabbed the guard, handcuffed him and another guard working the night shift, tying them up and trapping them in the museum's basement. For the next 81 minutes, the men raided the museum's cherished treasures, filled galleries. The thieves stole 13 cherished items from the museum that night, including Rembrandt's Storm of the Sea of Galilee, Vermeer's The Concert, Marriott Chistertani, and Five Works by Edgar Degas. The paintings together are valued at $600 million, and they are still missing to this day. Later that following morning, the Degard arrived for his shift to discover many empty frames on the walls where masterpieces once stood. This crime sparked a sweeping multinational investigation by the FBI, the museum, and numerous private parties. The Gardner Heist, to this day, is the largest property theft in U.S. history. Before I continue, let that sink in. $600 million worth of precious art stolen in under 90 minutes, and still not one piece is recovered. Fun fact, art theft is a $6 to $8 billion industry. It is the fourth largest crime worldwide. Over the years, police have searched many leads and interrogated many different suspects, but nothing. The FBI released a statement in 2013 saying they knew the identity of the thieves, but no one has been charged. Over the years, a few names have come up as potential suspects, but not one has been confirmed. Now, before we go through the potential suspects, I just want to mention something odd about this case. Firstly, the thieves left the most expensive paintings alone. The painting by Titan, The Rape of Europa, almost doubles in value compared to the painting stolen. This signals that the thieves were obviously unaware of each painting's value. They just chose what looked the most expensive. Also, two Rembrandts were sliced from their frames, suggesting that the thieves were unaware that damage to art sinks its value. And I mean, like, decreasingly. Another odd thing about this case is that not a single painting has surfaced in 25 years. If the thieves plan to sell the painting, at least one should have surfaced by now. I believe that the paintings were destroyed, but a man a part of an elite society group of government and private sector professionals who track art criminals states that's highly unlikely. The man, Bob Whitman, worked for this case for about two years searching for clues before he retired. Bob Whitman, 58, grew up in Baltimore, and in 2004, he founded an art crime team. In 2006, Whitman followed a lead. 
While in Paris for a conference about undercover law enforcement, Whitman received a tip from a French policeman using wiretaps. They were monitoring two suspects named Senny and Lorenz. Senny was described as appearing as a shorter, plump man of the age of 50 with a brown mullet. Lorenz's description has not yet been released, but we know that both men had ties to the mob in Corsica, a French island in the Mediterranean known for its affiliation with organized crime. The police suggest that these two were linked because, as a sign of Corsica pride, the thieves stole the final off a Napoleon flag hanging in the museum. Keep in mind that Napoleon was from Corsica. Now, living in Miami, the men hid from the museum very, very far away. Upon following the lead, Whitman flew undercover to Miami with the alias Bob Clay, a gray market art broker. FBI followed in slow pursuit as the three met up occasionally. One morning while the three were at breakfast, Sonny told Whitman, I can get you three out of four paintings, a Rembrandt, Vermeer, and a Moray. He told the others that he stole them several years earlier from a museum in the U.S. The three men continued to meet up, and Whitman began to doubt if they were actually responsible. During a bust, French police nabbed the art theft ring that Sonny and Lorenz belonged to. The ring stole two Picassos worth $66 million from Picasso's granddaughter. And a year later, during another bust, Whitman's identity was exposed. Today, despite the FBI's statement, the case still remains a giant mystery. The museum offers a $10 million reward for anyone with information leading to the location of the stolen works. Women believes that the paintings are in Europe and the FBI are completely unaware of the thieves' identities, although the FBI has rebunked this claim. During this episode, I'm going to mention many names and look at two different sides. So one handful of reporters believe Sonny and Lorenz are the thieves, as I've mentioned them before, and some reporters say that the thieves were none other than Bobby Donati and David Houghton, with help from known allies Miles Connor, Vincent Ferreira, Robert Granati, and Robert Gentile. To get some background on it, before I dig in, most of these men were known art thieves, robbers, and criminals, some belonging to a known dangerous gang and mafia in Boston. It is reported that the FBI's leading theory held the mafia responsible, specifically Bobby Donati. Donati was an American career criminal associated with the New England-based crime family. He was a small-time businessman whose gambling debts led him to become a white-collar criminal and mob associate. He was 50 at the time of the heist. You may be wondering, why Bobby? Because he was in the mob? Does he have motives? Well, these are three reasons why the police hold him as the number one suspect. One, Bobby's former friend Miles Connor admitted Donati did it. Secondly, he resembled the police sketch of one of the thieves. And thirdly, he desperately wanted his leader, Vincent Ferreira, out of prison. So, with my first point, Miles Connor was a known art thief in Boston with a taxing criminal record. In Connor's book, The Art of the Heist, he writes about previous jobs he and Donati pulled together, and about suspecting Donati pulled off the heist. He writes that him and Donati often visit the Gardner Museum and plan to rob it. They would visit it and case the museum and draw up plans about what they would do to actually rob it. Connor was in prison at the time of the heist for a 10-year sentence due to drug trafficking. Prior to his sentence, Connor devised a plan to shorten his current sentence by stealing and returning a large Rembrandt off a gallery wall. Connor mentions that Donati was inspired by this for his leader, Vincent Ferreira. Vincent Ferreira was a Northern End native and college graduate who was the leader of a known mafia to which Donati belonged. 
Ferrer was currently serving a long-term sentence after being charged in November of 1989 for 57 count enticement, racketeering, obstruction of justice, loan jerking, and murder. Donati visited Ferrer consistently, claiming to need him and saying the group wouldn't survive without him. There was rumors of bloodshed, fighting, and chaos with a rival group, and Donati believed that without his leader on the streets, they were doomed. Gennady, eager to get his leader out of prison, proposed the idea of pulling a robbery to spark enough attention for authorities to exchange Ferreira's freedom for the return of the stolen items. Although Ferreira urged Gennady against it because of the severity of the charges, Gennady remained adamant on doing whatever it took to get Ferreira free. After the heist, Gennady was seen visiting Ferreira twice, claiming to have completed the heist, sources say. No one knows if Gennady ever tried to negotiate Ferreira's sentence. The FBI refused to not speak on Donati's involvement in the heist. He was going to lay low for a while before negotiating. We don't know if this actually happened, but what we do know is that Donati was found dead in September of 1991, stuffed in the trunk of a catalog. Anthony Amore, a Gardner security officer working with the FBI, tells Last Scene producer Kelly Horan he believes Connor inspired the heist. David Houghton was a friend of Miles Connor who was eager to get Connor out of prison. In his book, Connors firmly believes Houghton assisted Donati, although Houghton does not match the description of the other thief. Houghton also died in the year of 1991. By 2013, FBI asserted the two men responsible for the theft were dead, not identifying the men. At this time, Sonny and Lorenz were both alive and free, while Donati and, Fr- and Houghton remained deceased. Coincidence? Not sure. That's for you to decide. Now, back to Donati. A reporter needing more answers interviewed Donati's friends and family. The reporter interviews Donati's sister, Lorraine, who doubts her brother had the strategic prowess to pull this off. A friend recalled shortly after the theft that Donati showed up to a favorite hangout carrying a paper bag that contained two police uniforms. Another friend noticed that the least expensive of the 13 items had a fond ornament that Donati used to love. Robert Bobby Garante was a close friend to Donati, and his widow said that he gave several of the items to his friend Robert bon- Bobby Gentile. Between Donati's disappearance and the time they found his body, a family member of the Garantes called Donati's home in Maine wondering where Donati was. So, I realize I didn't mention this, so I will now. Robert Gentile was a man who claims to know a ton about the heist. Police have brought him in multiple times, but he refuses to speak. He, at the time of this report in 2015, was 81 and was being charged in Massachusetts for unrelated crimes. On February 27th of 2015, he was sentenced to four and a half years in prison after pleading guilty to illegally selling guns to a convicted murderer. His lawyer claimed that the sale was set up as a sting operation by the FBI in order to obtain information regarding the heist. Gentile denies knowing the whereabouts of any of the paintings, even though an FBI recording has him offering an agent at least two of the paintings for $500,000 each. That's it. That's all I have for you. So now it's time to make a decision. After going over the suspects, the possible links, the reasons why they are suspects, it's time for you to now decide who do you believe pulled off the Gardner heist. We have Donati and Houghton, and we have Sonny and Lorenz, or it could be someone completely out of the picture that I didn't even mention. 
it's time for you to decide. I want you to listen to what we've gone over. I want you to dig deeper, find more on the topic, and let me know who you think pulled off the heist. Well, that's all we have for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. Feel free to comment questions, and I encourage you to research more into this topic and draw out your own conclusions. Remember to always dig deeper. Till next week, 